We're back first over without Edison Hatter, Nahu Mikey P in the house, uh, back for another week. And we had a guest this week, but um, some scheduling conflicts and things ended up kind of delaying the recording and then things didn't work out. So you just get uh, two guys that are typically doing this. And that's one of my favorite horse players, a guy I'm always excited to talk horses with, associate editor, Trot Magazine, Mr. John Rollis. Thanks, John, for coming. No problem, Mike. Thanks for having having me on again. Uh, always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of recording this a little little backwards here, this open. Uh, we, we had talked about the early pick five uh, yesterday, actually. and uh, But uh, this weekend of racing, I think, is going to be big. Uh, hopefully the weather holds out. What's What's the weather looking like up there? I think another snowstorm heading that way. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's pretty mild. It's not really too cold, but there's, uh, we're expecting uh, lots of snow on Friday evening um, towards uh, Saturday morning. And I think it's between 10 to 20 centimeters, some high winds. I'm really hoping that doesn't impact racing for this weekend. Cause um, I think like we discussed Saturday's a pretty, it's a pretty solid card. I think it's pretty competitive. Um, I think the racing office actually did a nice job fielding these races. And uh, I'm just hoping that mother nature doesn't, cancel on us again yeah these cards this weekend i think are pretty good thursday night uh, looks decent friday night i thought was a, a better friday than usual and saturday 12 big races we're going to talk early pick five we're going to talk the the uh the new free-for-all pace that they have going and and they have free-for-all on on friday also uh we get so much more in that that big race on saturday hopefully the weather doesn't uh, uh maroon that card on saturday and uh you know, it's it's always a danger up there, though, right? I mean, look what happened Monday night. Uh, they, I think they got five in, but that track was was difficult, very, very windy that night. And they still ended up betting a million bucks in five races. So how about that? But they did cancel after the fifth. I mean, it's an outside sport. What can we do? Yeah, just uh, just the way just the way it works. Uh, you you're probably I think you're primed for a big effort on Mon- on the second half of Monday night, too. Well, I couldn't have been any worse than I was the first five. I mean, oh my God, that was that was just a brutal night, and uh, I, I need to get rid of that from my memory. Okay, so we're we'll get into the pick five. Um, anything else you're looking forward to this weekend? No, I think just uh, mostly just the race. I like I said, I think it's a good. Um, I think it's a pretty good field, and I th- I'm also looking forward to that uh, that New Holland. Um, pacing and trotting series that's coming up at Mohawk too. I think that's pretty exciting. I think it's going to get a lot of uh, upper condition pacers and, and trotters. And I think it's going to be, it should be, it should be good. You're going to get a couple shippers in from the, from the U S as well, but that's mostly what I'm looking forward to. Listen, we're gearing up next thing you know, it's going to be, you're going to see two year olds qualifying. Uh, we're going to see some of these stakes races, grand circuit season coming up. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you you spoke of that. That they did some some previews. Go to woodbine.com uh, backslash mohawk, and you can read about some of these uh, the uh, New Holland series. And, and it starts on Monday, so you have a couple uh, nice articles about that on the website. I think those are going to be good races. Those are going to spice up those those early early days in the meet. I think, and uh, you know, it's very interesting. They're going for decent money. So check out those articles. Uh, check out some of those horses. You have horses like uh, you know D's Red Delicious shipping up from from Meadowlands. That horse has been racing really really well. Uh, some of our uh, better trotters, you know, HP Mama B's back. So 
that's a nice horse going in those races. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited for those races. I think they could be very interesting and definitely going to add something there to those Monday night cards. Uh, I'm very interested in those. Okay, so we talked about those. Uh, we'll get into our pick fives. This is focused on Saturday night, Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, we're going to do early pick five like we usually do, $100,000 guaranteed pool. Free programs, woodbine.com backslash Mohawk. Click on free programs. Uh, you get the Horse Player Journal in those programs. So check out Robert Reed Jr.'s thoughts. Uh, what was that, John? Oh, no, no, sorry. That was just a uh... – sorry. No, I didn't say anything. I didn't say – something popped up on my screen. That's why. Sorry. <laughs> See, this is this is typical John. <laughs> this is typical John with these podcasts. Um, okay, so early pick five, 100,000 guaranteed. Starts in race number one. And uh, this is three and four-year-old Colts and Geldings, numbers of one. I thought – Pretty tough race. I'm going to go deep. Uh, you, you were talking, we were talking a little bit offline. Are you singling here? Or did you make a different call? No, I'm just going to single the, the horse on the rail, Sporty Bob. I mean, I like the qualifying efforts um, on the 27th and then the February 18th. And, you know, last week, just first lifetime start uh, was, was taken back. Obviously, just, I mean, just probably just likely given a start. Um, like most young horses are. I mean, it's his first lifetime start, and I thought he was pacing the lane real, real well. And yeah, he's just going to be the top call for me. I mean, there's just too many other question marks, and I've seen enough of these other horses in this field for me to kind of shy away from them. Like, I mean, you've got the outside, better hold on tight. I mean, I've seen this horse race 12 times. Uh, I mean, he's winless. He's put forth some good efforts, and then you think he's going to kind of improve, and and then something goes amiss, right? He'll he'll run, or he looks like a winner, and then he'll run in a bad spot. Um, Royal JK, I mean, he was okay last time, but I get, as a long shot, I mean, that was a pretty good effort against the horse that was really good in Southern Patron. He might be able to improve, but he's just not for me in here. And then the more and more I look down this this list, it's just there's just a bunch of horses that I'm just not really, really too fond of, uh, fond of. Delightful feeling is a horse that has won a race, right? I mean, he did win a race at 28 to one on February 18th, and then then he throws in a bit of a clunker uh, last week. So I'm looking at this field, and you see Greystone Adrian, who was a horse that made a big – that was a significant bar, barn change. He's taken support two starts in a row, and he wasn't really – I mean, something must have went wrong last start because, I mean, he just cleared to the lead. He made a brush move to the lead, and then he just he just went back through the field. So I'm looking at this whole field, and all I can think of is uh, Sporty Bob. If he just uh, kind of gets situated a little bit earlier in the way – I like the way he was pacing in the lane late. He was, he was very strong, and he's going to be a clear single for me. Yeah, I think it's it's difficult here because you know you have these numbers of one, and um, some of them are inconsistent. And it was similar to last week, where very similar race, and you, you had a twenty to one winner there. And uh, I think it's difficult. And Sporty Bob was in that race; he took significant action first time out and raced well. But this is a, a typical education first sort of uh, mile. For that horse and now the horse is going to i would imagine be cut in half in price maybe even less could end up the favorite and you get the rail uh i don't know he i think he's still going to need a trip he could leave he he might be just good to go here but i'll use some others i i, I don't mind graystone adrian because mcnair's back this weekend so that's a, a big thing that's very important uh, he's listed to drive and this horse has been sub three to one in two straight starts so you know, Osiello McNair, the horse has shown some ability, but obviously has some quirks. So I think that if they can figure him out, he has a chance. We were talking about red coin 
uh, prior to it. And this horse started in a grassroots race and and kicked 26 and four back in July and then ended up, obviously something was amiss, qualified pretty well. Uh, you know, now you get J-Mac. I think that, that that horse probably needs to be used. And then Royal JK finally was given a, a chance from off the pace last week and raced much, much better. Kicked 27 and two, uh, was in that Southwind Patron race. I would think that that might've been the better event of those numbers of ones that were held last weekend. So I feel like maybe they figured him out. Now, is he going to be 55 to one this week? No, he'll probably be, cl- be closer to seven or eight, but I still think that you do have some value. He's going to kind of get lost with some of these other ones in here. So I was one, three, five, six to start. Second race here, and this is uh, upper level Pacers, winners of four, but not more than six. They're going for 23,000. Uh, uh, Backstreet Gambler is back in this race, and, and he's four out of five to start the season. He's missed some time. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is a, you know, this is actually a pretty competitive race and an interesting one at that. Actually, you've got, uh, th- this is probably a more suitable class for a couple horses, like you see uh, Emmett's Buddy and, um, a horse who's—I mean—coming back in these winners of winners of four, but not more than six racing condition. And there's a couple horses in here who are actually paid into that that New Holland Pacing Series. I mean, so now this is kind of a situation where you want to see this is more to their liking, but they're going to be facing a lot better pacers in that series. And Emmett Spud and Camara Moment are two horses that have raced each other in the snowshoe, and those are the horses that are going to be kind of uh, going up against those top level. Uh, upper level pacers too so i'm gonna i am gonna use emmett's buddy i mean he was off he missed some time afterwards he missed 15 days in between starts after the snowshoe final i mean last week he faced a, a better group i mean he was second over but i thought he still raced well i mean not being off 15 days he still kicked home in 27 and three he couldn't go by a, a determined winner and don't poke the dragon he was actually challenged uh, i mean right from the get-go it wasn't an easy wasn't an easy race uh for him either so he, he faced a strong winner he kicked home well i mean he seems to be a a really solid horse, and this horse seems to have ability, and I think it speaks volumes of Louis Watt booking off of um, Agent Seelster last week to drive him at Buddy because I think he knows the opportunities that presents itself going forward with this horse. You've got Backstreet Gambler, who's another horse off some time too. Uh, he's going to be off a few weeks going to the start. He was a winner at this level. He was an easy winner at this level. I'm um, going to be interesting to see which horse Louis opts to take. I mean, I understand he's won with, at this level with Backstreet Gambler, but again, Emmett's Buddy's going to have the opportunity if he does continue to go through in that new Holland pacing series. So there's going to be opportunities with him to drive that horse and, and kind of make um, some additional money here. So I, I would assume that maybe he's going to lean with the the rail starter, but and I'm his buddy, but I'm not sure. And then you've got Kamara moment who, I mean, obviously we've seen that he was an easy winner against Emmett's buddy the last couple of times, but what are we going to get here? Right. I mean, we still, like I said, you've got that series coming up. He's missed time. Is he going to blast? You get, you get James, um, you get James now, and I'm not sure maybe now that McNair's listed. Oh, no, McNair is going to be driving uh, Camara Moment again. He could obviously win, but I think I'm just going to go with uh, the horses on the rail one and two. I'm just going to go Emmett's Buddy and Backstreet Gambler, and I just think that Emmett's Buddy should be tighter this time around. I'd like to see what Camara Moment's going to do a little bit um, in this start here. There are some other horses racing well. I just thought they, they haven't beaten the horse, like the one, two, or five in this race, but I'm only going to go one, two. Yeah, I think this is a, an opportunity to kind of wait your tickets a little here. Um, you know, Backstreet Gambler has been beating these horses, but he's missed a couple weeks. Uh, like you said, maybe some some other uh, goals on the horizon, and it, it, he could be just a, a hair vulnerable in this spot. Uh, 
But I feel like that most of the tickets that I will play will, will run through him. I'll use Emmett's buddy, though. That was that was a good race against Don't Poke the Dragon. He was dropping from numbers with 25,000, and he was 1-5. to five. Uh, He closed up nicely to be second. And I thought he raced really well in there. And he had missed a week prior to that race. So he's proven that on his day, he's he's capable of beating these horses. So I, I think that he's a use. And then I'm going to give the boss set another chance. He was in that same race and he made a big first up move. I mean, he challenged uh, the winner most of the way around the racetrack, eventually got tired. His prior lines, though, too, he's been knocking at the door. Getting He was in the exact three straight times prior to that in fast races. So he's faced the backstreet gamblers before and has raced well. He's typically a shared type, but I do feel like you want to run a little bit of tickets through the seven. So I'm one, two, seven, heavy on the two. Use the other ones uh, at at whatever level you like to use, sort of as like bees in the race. Third race, another big pace. Numbers of 27,500 last five starts. They're going for 28,000. This is a really good race also. I, I found it pretty difficult. What say you, John? Yeah, this is a tough race, and I'm probably going to go three deep here. Uh, I, I do like the race. I, I like Points North, the way he raced last week. I mean, that was a really strong effort. I mean, the, the good American history showed up, um, quote-unquote. He's such an enigma. You really don't know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, he lasted that third quarter in like 26 uh, seconds, and then, uh, you know, he just kind of separated himself enough to, to get the win. But Points North was closing well at the end of it, and uh, he should be he should be in contention here. He's in control. This is a horse that's actually been racing well, and he's been doing it off the pace. Uh, as of late, it used to be a horse that McNair would just kind of quarter pole or send to the lead, and he'd kind of open up. And now he's facing all these upper conditioned pacers, who are some of them are preferred level types, and and he's racing well against him. He was another horse who was really closing late uh, last week with Bob kicked home on twenty seven flat. I mean, the week before he w- kicked home on twenty seven one to finish second. This is a horse that's that's improving. Uh, you get McClure back again. Uh, you you potentially get McClure back. Um, in, in this, actually, sorry, you get Jameson. Sorry, the changes are not finalized, uh, actually. And I think that this could be a, a good effort for the horse. I am going to go with the other new Carmen recruit as well. I mean, this is interesting. This horse, again, speaking of the New Holland pacing series, Carmen's got a lot of en- entrance in this race. The ownerships are shipping this horse in from the U.S., brought him in here. He qualified at Batavia, was a solid second place finisher. And then afterwards, the jury qualified him on the 24th. Strong, strong winner in the qualifier. I mean, uh, really under, under minimal urge. I mean, I think it's just a couple uh, bike taps from, from jury, and he was just a strong winner. So you're bringing him in to race against in that series for a reason. I do think that he's going to come in and be competitive in this race. So I am going to go one three one three four in this race. Yeah, I'm not really on the four here. No, I, I get it. Uh, and, and he's a stranger, certainly, and, and was racing well at Batavia. Has some stakes lines last year. But I feel like that maybe he has some different fish to fry. So, and this is not an easy spot. Now, this is this is a high level pace around here. This is basically the the step below the preferred types, and uh, he's just like one that has to prove it. Now you'll get a price, and and uh, that's why he's probably worth maybe speculating on, especially since you're singling in, in leg one. I agree on points north. I just I just like the way he's racing, especially since he's not necessarily getting his trips recently. So. He's always kind of right there. He gets that inside draw. He's capable of taking off on the front or like last week coming from off the pace. So I think that that he's a use. Uh, the five sometimes somewhere I thought was making good ground late, really kind of lacked room and was able to come up the rail against American history. But he was moving forward late and I know he doesn't win that much, but I did like his last two races and I, I think that he does fit. 
And then the eight commanding officer who they did leave last week. This horse took a ton of money versus American history. And he left early. I mean, I feel like that he was well meant, but they went quick, right? To 55 half, 121 and four to three quarters. And that's really not his thing. He needs to kind of set a trip and kind of make that big one swooping move. The race did not lend itself to that last time. And I feel like with this post, he should be able to sit, kind of get his trip. We'll see if he's good enough. He he is capable on his day, and, and he definitely won't be two to one this week. So I was one five eight in race number three. The fourth race, another pace. Uh, this is non-winners of fifteen thousand lifetime. They're going for eighteen thousand, and of course, this is y- your favorite horse in training here, uh, John uh, Profundo. Yeah, he's actually one that I I am going to use. It's funny, uh, Robert Reed and I always have debates about uh, who's. Uh, Who's a, who's a better colt between he and Barrett Hanover? I mean, I just think that Profundo's got got some ability, and he uh, hasn't been uh, nearly just. He's always out of position, typically. Uh, he's had some tough trips, and this is a horse now. I mean, I just think that if he gets the right trip, he can he can pop. So he's he's is one that I'm going to include on the ticket. Um, he kicked home well last week again. Just virtually had no shot with the way he was situated. Only had the nine hole. It was a bad post. Now he kind of draws up much better. And if he gets a good trip, I think that he could literally go by them late because he's probably got the best kick out of this group. Uh, Call Me is another horse that was a – I mean, he he was a good winner on when he broke his maiden and then he kind of uh, blasted out when he moved up to that non-winners of two class and he, and he faded late, understandably so. And last last week he, he chased Palladium Hanover. was just an easy winner. I mean, that was just a really good spot for Palladium Hanover. And he was sitting behind him and he was pacing strong. That's a horse who I think that could – is going to be a, main, a, a huge threat in this race, and I am going to go with the, the five-head honcho as well. It's a horse who actually I thought raced really well on February 11th, um, kind of in between full of pace. I mean, sorry, I had a really good hold on him. Went first up on the 18th and uh, still kicked home in 27-1. and one. I thought he still should have finished up a, a bit better, but again, it was a tougher group. They came out of the same race as the one. And then last week, he left out aggressively, and then he got stuck behind, and there was no room up the rail, and he just, uh, just had no real estate to work. So, I mean, fourth being a, a length and three-quarters, but Kind of had a bit more than than it showed, and I'm sure he'll be aggressive. I'm sh- I'm sure Sorry will be aggressive with the source again, and hopefully a better trick works out. And I'm yeah, so I'm just going to use one four five uh, in this contest. I feel like that uh, with Head Honcho, they're trying to figure out what he wants to do. Right, one week he's off the pace, the next he's first up, the next he's blasting away from there. Uh, I'm not sure that they really have him figured out yet. I, it, that was a, a tough trip last time. I'm not going to use him here only because of ticket cost purposes. I I have to use Profundo because he had missed a month prior to last time. He had the nine hole. They just let him kind of go around there. And and that was pretty much expected, right? But he still kicked 27 and one. We know he's capable of kicking sub 27 whenever he's right. You draw better now. They should get plenty of pace to chase again. I feel like that he should be in play. And it's just a matter of will he be produced at the right time to, uh, you know, give that kick and, and kind of roll by them. I'm going to use a 10 also, though, Better Sunset. I liked him last week. I feel like he's had tough trips recently. Uh, he was driven aggressively whenever favored. Uh, he was high morning line. I think he was 8-1 to one morning line last week and, and took all the money, made an early move, but was pressured the entire way around and was just beaten uh, beaten late by a tripped-out winner. I know he's got the 10-hole. I feel like that he should be a better price this week. He kind of could get lost a little bit on the board. There's some other ones that will take money. I'm going to give him another chance, so give me the 10. 4-10 in race number four. The fifth race, uh, cap to this pick five. Numbers of 16,000, last five on the pace. 
I'm too deep in this race, John. Who do you like? Well, this is an interesting race because you have a couple horses who are probably going to be, um, I mean, Steady uses in in the last leg of the pick five and Huey Jr. and Codename Cigar Box against this group. And I did, I mean, I really like Codename Cigar Box the last time. A, a lot of people did it and he just didn't fire at all. Kind of makes me do want to use him because, I mean, race on the 28th. I know he's missing time, but we don't see him for a month. So maybe something did go wrong and he's, and he's much better. I mean, he's more than capable of beating this group if he's right. So I, I will use him based off that. I also will use uh, Bayfield Beach, who I thought was really, really good last week. I mean, he got disqualified. He kind of um, – he cut another rival's uh, lane a little bit and then it got disqualified. He was placed sixth after finishing second. I mean, he kicked home 26 flat when he when Trevor – was able to find a seam seam late and he was really good and he's improving and now you get Louis tonight and he, I definitely think that he's a he can be a player and I also I I will throw in Shadow and Red as well I mean that was a horse that I mean probably should have won but he's just racing a lot better that was a big effort I mean he brushed uh thought he should have finished up a, a bit better but got picked off uh sorry he finished up well but you he opened up. I thought he might have won the race, but his stable man ended up picking him off in Cadillac Bayama. But so horse was also racing well. So I am going to go two, four, six in the last leg. I agree on the four and the six. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of Codename Cigar Box, and and maybe he just needed a little time, right? I mean, he's knocking heads with some of the top horses. Your American Histories, your No Free Lunches. Uh, Salzbrook Victor back in his lines. This is a different bunch. I, I feel like I know it's written non-winners of 16,000, but there's a lot of non-winners of 8,000 types in this race. And I feel like that this class is a bit inflated as far as the conditions are written. I feel like that it's um, you know a level that if he's ready, he's very much capable of winning. I mean, he won 15 races last year. We know what he's capable of. And, and the time off doesn't necessarily bother me because I, I feel like that that uh, his best brings him in the race. And and I also use Bayfield beach who is, is racing better than most of these. He's climbed the ladder. I mean, numbers of 3000, he wins, uh, you know, races well at numbers of 8,000 on February 18th. I feel like that that race is might even be a little tougher than this race. And then last week was flying late again. And, and if you watch that replay, the horse that he did kind of cut in front of, that was pipe wrench, Charlie, who was really not going anywhere whenever he did make that move. And, and it was just a matter of one step. Uh, and, and and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be disqualified, whatever. But he did kick 26 in that race. This horse is very sharp. He's racing well. And uh, he fits for me, again, versus these horses. So 4-6 to finish. Uh, let's cap our tickets. Mine is a little more than usual. But I feel like that if you do hit this, you're going to get paid. It's it's not There's not really any horse to lean on for me. Uh, so I was four deep in the first. one three five six. Then I went one two seven one five eight four ten four six. It's twenty eight eighty for twenty cents. Bigger ticket, but I do feel like that this one is worth a swing. I mean, there's big fields, there's competitive races. John, cap your ticket for us. So yeah, the first race I'm gonna single the one sporty Bob. Race two I'm going Emmett's buddy and Backstreet Gambler one and two. Race three I'm going one three four points northeast in control and longest yard. Race four I'm going one call me it four profundo and five head honcho. And then race five, I'm going Shadow and Red, Koning Cigar Box, and Bayfield Beach. So I think that's one by two, 12. Hold on, I gotta, gotta do the math now, quick math. So that's one by two is three. So yeah, that's about 54 bucks for a dollar. Okay, so 20 or $10.80 for 20 cents. 
Again, free programs, woodbine.com backslash Mohawk. We got one more race to talk about, and we're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, but it's uh, the return of the free-for-all pace, and that's race number nine. And and uh, what they did last year and what they're doing now is, depending on the amount of entrance in these free-for-alls, and, and I think they're doing it for the mayors also, that they're putting $6,000 into the purse for each entrance. So you have seven entrants, $42,000 purse. Uh, again, a nice race. It was won last week by so much more, and they went for 48000 and she went quick. Perfect trip she had, but she went 49-3, and three, beat the boys, and she was close to 5-1. to one. Uh, She draws the outside this week. John, what do you think? she get another one? This might be. I mean, you were – the way the fractions were going, I mean, Sam between my toes ships in from the meadows and just goes absolute bonkers on the engine and not rightfully faded. Uh, it was just too quick for him, cutting too quick of a fractions for him to even sustain that, that effort. And in a race like that – the horse sitting third is just sitting in such a perfect spot. And I think James probably had to angle her out a bit sooner than he probably would have hoped for, but that was just a really, really good effort. Um, th- I thought Salzburg Victor also raced really well. He was sitting in the tool having to chase chase that that speed and, and try and stay within reach. And then you had wheels on fire. It was just kind of too far out of it. I mean, now the way the, the post positions are drawn, I mean, so much more. I mean, James is going to have to try and, and get her situated early. But, I mean, you look at to the outside, I mean, there's some horses who are probably going to be thinking to do the same. I mean, you saw Woodmere Steel Deal leave out from the six hole two starts back, and last week he didn't do that. He got away fifth from the the two hole. So you have you have to figure that he's going to be leaving out. I mean, Salzburg Victor has shown a dimension where he's going to leave, and this is a race where you you have to be close, right? These horses are just too good, and you have to be in position. And I do think that this is going to be a lot tougher because of the draw tonight. And now you have Wheels on Fire who draws inside. I'm not sure if the inside is. Uh, might be the best for him, but again, he should be in a better spot. And it's all going to depend on, again, if Sam between my toes is just a, is a runaway again, it's going to set up for, for somebody who's, who's going to come from off it. But I, I gonna, I'm going to give Salzburg Victor one more shot in this, uh, in this race. Cause I do think that he raced well. I thought he raced well, uh, two starts back again. He was off 20 days uh, in between those starts came back before the solid effort. And then last week he has to go and chase that, that absolute speedy angles out, and he was—he was just short. I mean, rightfully so. That those are some big, big fractions. But it was a really exciting race. Um, even though these—it's it, only a seven-horse field, but you're—it's competitive, right? I mean, you can make the case for—I think—I think you can make the case for four, four horses in this field, depending on the trip scenario. So, it, as if the pace wasn't nuclear enough last week, now you get American history in the race. So, uh, does he take back? Does he perform his usual, I'm going to blast off like I always do and go as fast as I can for as long as I can? Let me look at his recent paces. You know He's capable of 53. And so you have him. You have Sam Between My Toes is back in here. Does he blast off again? Then you have Salzburg Victor, whose best races have been whenever he's been up close. I mean, when he was dominating those preferreds back in January, he was getting the the front and, and, and look last week, he pressed that pace at 53 and four and, and basically was stride for stride halfway around the racetrack. I, I don't know that so much more can get that perfect trip again. Uh, and you got your price last time too. So now everybody's probably going to jump on and yes, she's going to benefit from another fast pace. But when it, when it came to the stretch, that grind that she does, was ultimately, like you said, that was the best thing that could possibly happen for her because nobody could quicken enough to, to kind of go by her. Wheels on Fire got on track late. If you, you watch it, those last 50 yards, he finally got on track and he was rolling, but the winner had sailed, right? I feel like that 
depending on what McNair's back, he's going to be driving this horse on Saturday. What sort of trip does he get? Is he taken off? Does he land in that third spot maybe to get the jump on some of these other ones? I think that that could be. And then, you know, what do you do with Highland Beach Lover? I mean, uh, the, the, he was broken equipment pulled up last time, but he'd been racing extremely well coming up over the, the ranks, and he's probably going to get a setup in the race. He's going to benefit from that fast pace. He could end up second over in here. He's the interesting one to me because he's going to be, I would think, the highest price of all of these horses. And his uh, chances of winning aren't, you know, are going to be reflected in his price. So he would be one that I would kind of mess around with. And I'd probably try to get Wheels on Fire back into the winner's circle. I, I would probably try to fade so much more only because I feel like your price is gone and the trip can't possibly be nearly as good. Plus, she draws worse. She's outside. It's going to be tough for her. Uh, I'd fade her. I'd use the three. I'd use Wheels on Fire and, uh, you know, try to structure and you got 12 races. So this starts to late pick four. Um, this is a big race for Maltese, I think. Yeah, it's a, it is a big race because you can go in so many different directions. And it's funny enough. We keep saying that it's a tough spot for so much more, but again, she just, I mean, she just keeps overcoming uh, everything that's tough. I mean, I thought it was going to be tougher on the 18th as well uh, against the boys, and she just she just got picked off by Wheels on Fire, who raced a huge mile that week, right? I mean, it just she just seems to overcome any any obstacle. I mean, the mare she just she just dominates, and even even the boys she's just uh, she's dominating and, and racing really really well against. I mean, it's just uh, it's really incredible. I mean, we we talk about it a lot. We say it all over social media. The praise. I mean, she reflected in. In winning an O'Brien this year as well. I mean, it's just uh, you can't really can't really say much uh, enough about her. I mean, she's the most talked about horse um, on the ground, and, and rightfully so. And uh, it's just it's nice it's nice to see her in the preferred because it kind of makes it even better. But it, I mean, you just it, it, it kind of it's almost unfair that you can't race against her own kind in in, uh, in another way, right? But I mean, we're just it's it's fun to watch. Doesn't matter. Yeah. She's very polarizing. Very good. Uh, she's capable against her own kind, even like on the grand circuit in the big races, but she's proven obviously capable against the boys. Um, and she's already made almost 60,000 this year in, in five races. I mean, she's, she's phenomenal. She's very good. And she's, she's going to give you, give her best no matter what. So that's what, then, like you said, that's what makes it fun to watch. That's what I think it adds intrigue. It adds eyes to these Saturday nights. Uh, so would it be better for her if she was racing against the girls and just crushing every week? Yeah, probably better, but not maybe maybe not better for us. So um, we'll, we'll be a little selfish and, and we'll keep her around in this class. Okay, so one one couple quick things I want to talk about before we're done, and that is um, you know within the past couple weeks here, like you've been you've been having some success in pick fives and things by by taking a stand, by singling a long shot and, and kind of building tickets around that. So talk about that a little bit. Talk about your strategy whenever you're taking a horse that might be 10 to one morning line and, and ends up, you know, and, and it's hard to figure what its price is going to be, right? I mean, there's some 10 to one shots that you know are going to be two to one. Well, some of your 10 to one shots right now have been going up in price, but still producing. So talk a little bit about that whenever you're making your big tickets. Maybe. Sorry, Mike. You cut out entirely. Oh, I just I just heard tickets. Oh, I don't, it might might just be my end. Sorry. What was it? What was the question? I just said like recently you've had success with your pick fives and and singling you know some higher priced horses, some higher priced morning lines, and 
and that's been kind of working for you. So talk about taking a stand with a long shot in a multi-race sequence and, and how you build tickets around those horses. Again, I just think it's the best way to, I mean, just to win. I mean, even if you're, if, if you guess right, you're going to be rewarded. And again, I, I'm saying guess it's, you're guessing just based on a whole, there's so many factors in a horse race that you really can't account for, but you have to make an educated guess on when you anticipate a horse being live and, and what you think is going to be a quote unquote good bet. And again, I've mentioned in the past in terms of using four horses in a, in a pick five, in a pick five leg or a pick four leg and, and maybe uh, sprinkling some win money on a horse that I deemed as an, as an A selection. It could be uh, upwards of 10, 15, 16 to one. And I look at myself and I'm saying, why am I wasting equity in that race? Why am I like using four horses if I really like the 15 to one shot? Right. And again, it was when I first started off, I, I was playing quote unquote defensive. Right. And it's like, I'm willing to lose as um, if I'm taking a stand, I, I'm okay with it, especially if it's a sequence where I know that people are going to gravitate towards horse X or Y. Right. And uh, I think that's just, I think that's the best way. It's not going to work all the time. I'm not just taking swings, swings at the fences every night. It's just, it just depends on the night. Right. I mean, there's certain horses that you see um, coming off a qualifier that you, that are really enticing. Um, like uh, I was pretty enticed with, Geronimo the other night um, on Thursday night, I thought that uh, his qualifier was pretty good. And again, it's his first lifetime start. I mean, I really don't know what he, I'm going to get from him. But when you watch the qualifier, I mean, yeah, his, uh, he was shortening a, bit, a little bit in, in terms of his, his lead. He had a big lead, but Sylvan didn't really ask anything of him. I mean, he, he didn't ask anything. And it was a complete different story. I mean, when the race came up and Sylvan's asked him to trot, he went onwards. And it was that was a, that was a pretty... A pretty good stand. Now he was four to one in the morning line, but again, morning line doesn't really matter to me in the sense that I know that the horse is going to be double digit odds, and the horse ended up winning. And there's other horses who were in good spots one week, and then the following week they, you know, they're going to be a price, and you kind of just willing to take a stand on them because something happens, maybe they break and stride. I think that's just the best ways. Don't be afraid to take a shot. Again, we're we're playing against other people, right? Like it's a pool. The 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 pool is made up of other people's money, and we're all. We can't all think the same. If we all think the same, then we are all, uh, I mean, just the payouts are not going to not gonna be the same, right? So I think it's just a matter of taking a stand and, and being being willing to do so. And if it works out, it works out. But don't don't be afraid. You just can't be. Yeah, and, and it's tough, I think, especially uh, for some of us that are doing our picks ahead of time and not being able to see the odds, see the board and, and things like that. We have to kind of speculate on odds ahead of time. And and. So, but when you're making these big multi-race wagers, you need to speculate too. Okay, is is what is everyone else going to do? Is is everyone else going to be on the two in this race? And maybe I can get a separator with the eight here, or maybe I can get uh, you know, just get by this race with two long shots. I really don't like the favorite in this race, and and not using them defensively, not just throwing them out completely, and and trying to focus your plays on things that you like, especially things that you know. Um, just with your experience and, and with the, the, how the public has bet in the past, how this, this race is probably going to be bad and how this sequence is going to be bad and where are the favorite combinations and can I exploit this sequence? And, and that's whenever you should decide to play and that's whenever you make your scores. And, and some of these multi-race bets have been paying extremely well only with maybe one long shot, maybe one horse that's 10 to 1 and, and it turns around and you think it should pay 1,000 and maybe it pays five. That's that's the kind of stuff that you know you you need to do to survive. You need to make those scores, 
uh, especially if you're going to be playing multi-race wagers, you have to have scores to survive, right? It's it's really, really difficult to to grind and, and make $50 a day betting horses. It just doesn't work that way. You need to have some big days to kind of carry you through the downturns. And, and so, and it's, it's, you have to evolve the way you play too. And, and you guys, like, I like, I love talking to you guys because for one, you have good opinions. So it's not just about the handicapping, but it's about being able to leverage those opinions in some of these pools and getting the most out of those opinions when you're right. So, and, and that's why I love talking to you guys. Like you, you guys are very good handicappers, but then you're good betters also. And there's, there's two different situations, but you almost have to be good at both. Yeah, I honestly think the betting is probably more important than the the handicapping, and I think that it's. Uh, I mean, because again, if if a horse, if you like a horse to win, they can equally finish second. And there's betters who are literally able. The, the good betters are able to leverage that opinion, make the most of it in terms of um, wheeling some sort of exactors or, or, or exotic wagers like uh, tractors and superfectas and and e- even high five tickets. I mean. There's some that, that's that's even more important. It's about putting together pick five tickets. I mean, knowing if you knowing when to uh, spread and knowing to have a press ticket. I mean, there's just so many elements that I, I'm even learning myself, right? I mean, I haven't been. I'm not the the greatest. I'm still I'm still learning a lot, right? And the handicapping, I find it to be. I mean, for me, it's the easy part. It's just the putting it. It's the betting construction is is the difficult part, and I think that's why it's important and. In places in high positions to have people to educate betters. I think that's, I mean, we're watching these racing telecasts and I do think that it's important that somebody's there um, educating uh, the masses. Cause I do think it's important because there's a lot of people at the end of the day, this sport is going to grow if people um, are, are understanding the game better. Right. I mean, if you win, if the customers win, you're going to, you're, you're going to do well, right. They're going to keep coming back. To play right i mean it's it's pretty deflating if if people are always losing and not knowing why and i think it's important to kind of veer people towards the right direction and um it's a tough game and at the end of the day you want to separate yourself and there's some great bets in this game i mean it's, you can make spend five dollars and make uh four or five figures i mean that's the beauty of it right and it's all all because you love a horse and every opinion subjective um obviously and like you mentioned these pick five sometimes you see all these i mean relative chalk come in and even one horse that's a bit crooked comes in and the pick five pays uh five grand i mean look at saturday night for example i mean it was a four to five shot a two to five shot a three to two shot then you get a 20 to one shot bomb and then you get a seven to one shot and pick fives are paying great i mean you have three horses that were all eight picks for 90 percent of players right and then the pick five returns over five thousand for a dollar it's it's the, it's the greatest I think it's the best bet in harness racing, is, is especially Mohawk's Big Five. I mean, there's a 15% takeout. It's 100000 guaranteed. It always pays. It always pays more than it's supposed to. It's a great wager. Right. It is. And and that's you know why we focus on it, why we promote it. Uh, it's difficult, though. It's it's not an easy thing to pick five in a row. And it's not, um, you know, there, there's always going to be probably one or two horses in there that maybe don't figure. So, um, you know, when we give out tickets, we're, we're trying to you know, just kind of give you a guide and things that we like, but you, you kind of have to add to those and, and subtract. And you say, okay, no, I don't like the two in the fourth race. Well, figure out what you like and play your tickets. I mean, that's that's what makes it great. Uh, you know, but the, the, the handicapping, we, we try to guide you there and different angles and things that we see. The betting, we're trying to guide you there on trying to make better bets. And, and if you're going to make better bets, then you're going to have a better chance. And when you feel like you have a chance – then more people are going to come back and, and continue to play and, and stick around longer and enjoy themselves. You know, it's, I feel too, it's the greatest game that there is. 
look, look at all the people that play the lottery that has the even worse chance to win than than racing does. So there are, there are worse bets out there that people are drawn to. These are good bets, especially if you're educated, especially if you know you'll take the time to learn. And and uh, so uh, there's our soapbox for this week. Uh, continue to make good bets. Continue to play the pick five at Mohawk and wherever else that you like to play. John, plug anything that you're plugging. What's going on with Trot Magazine this this month? Uh, the uh, I, I did enjoy that Bulldog Hanover story that was was in there uh, with uh, what, what was it the um, the quote all the quotes from different but that was that was very enjoyable. Well, follow John on Twitter, John underscore Rallis. Uh, he'll have Meadowlands picks for this weekend. He's been doing that for NahuPicks.com, hopefully for a little while longer. Uh, I have Woodbine Mohawk on NahuPicks.com. Kevin and Jeff Zidick have the Meadows. Uh, Century returns on March 11th. Uh, Rod Allen's Jr., he's doing picks for Western Fair. He's doing picks for... Uh, Rosecroft on the website. So we have wall-to-wall free picks and you know, the website's doing very well. Lots of hits on there. Go to intomoneypodcast.com. Check out some of the new podcasts, some of PTF's new podcast, that Mike Maloney podcast. Can't recommend it enough. The new Sean Borman podcast. Listen to those also, those Diary of a Horse Player content, uh, pods. Those are excellent. His weekly players pods. You got JK Plus One is back. That Those are also very good you need to check out all those podcasts and intomoneypodcast.com. Plus, they have a lot of thoroughbred picks on there. We'll be back, I think, next week. We'll see. Uh, maybe me and John, maybe Ed. First over without Edison Hatter this week. Uh, thanks to everybody for contributing. We'll see you next time. <laughs>